Thank you so much being here today. So, okay, let's go for mission. There's a word, mission or evangelism, kind of scare, scare you or not? Are you fine? Are you, you fine with that word? Sometimes we have common in unbelievers. It scares them. But also sometimes scare Christians as well. Okay, by the way, if you don't understand something, you can always say, excuse me, uh, can you repeat? Okay? So I will try to repeat, or just maybe after the service. Okay. The evangelizon, that's the Greek word for a good news. Why a good news can really scare people? Why sometimes we're saying about the mission impossible than the mission possible? You know why? Because I truly believe that many times we are doing mission without Him. Or we just even scared to do a mission because we think about mission as already impossible to do it. So today let, let's, let us together go to these four principles and see that the mission can be possible with Him. Okay? You ready? You so far okay? Thank you. <laughs> Okay, four steps. Let's see the first one. Four steps to achieve mission possible. We will look at the text from Luke, chapter 5. If you have your Bible, you can open or you can see on the screen. Luke 5, and these are two verses, 18-19. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. What amazing picture of four guys who wanted to help one person. So let's see the first principle, and I just kind of wanted to show you four of them. They were concerned for a sick man. It was really true concern. You will see later how we can observe or analyze a true concern. And true concern really opens the hearts of people. And then, after true concern, when the hearts are open, the love can go. Without a true concern... You cannot achieve a mission. Then really a mission is impossible for you. But when you are open your heart, then really God can go through and bring His love to reach other people. So true concern is very important. The lies really matter. The people around you would like to see that what you're saying or what you're doing, you're especially first concerned for them. Romans 15.2 says, 15.2, Each of us should please our neighbor for his good to build him up. You're concerned for people. We won't build them up. You're ready to encourage them. Life is difficult. We say brutal for many reasons. And we Christians are the opportunity to be truly concerned for people around us. What kind of practical lessons? There are many practical lessons to be concerned. But one of the really good things is to spend time with them. Just listen. They need what they're about. 
trying to find go, go, trying to go out from your comfort zone and be concerned for others. Okay, great so far. It's something I really know. But, Pastor, I really don't feel this way. I don't feel that concern you're talking about. I'm feeling more concerned about myself, about my family, my really close friends. But I don't really feel much concern for the others. So, how can we do it? If you please open the book of Romans with you, you don't, we don't have it here, so, but you have probably your Bible with you. When you open Romans chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, I would like for you to read either right now or read at home, but there is an amazing passage over there. Verses when Paul says that he has a sorrow or pain in his heart. He's also he's telling that he's able to pay a price just to reach others. He's praying for that. He's open to God. God, make my heart sensitive to people around me. No matter what kind of people are I, but especially I pray for those who are in my nation. I want to pray. I want to also have that big sorrow. So I truly believe that concern for people starts from praying for people or from praying, God, please open my heart for that sorrow. I just want to be like you. When you remember Jesus, he wept when he entered Jerusalem. He's seen the darkness. When you read Jeremiah, you see the same. And all the prophets, they've seen the blindness, the spiritual blindness. So, what are you doing? Are you accusing people? Are you telling they wars on me? Or you have really that sorrow who leads you to love people, to open your heart, maybe open your home, just like my American parents did about ten years ago. They helped us. We were strangers in your country. And they opened a house for us. It was amazing. That was a great mystery to us. And we discovered that also in Poland. Whenever you open, whenever you ask people to come to your life, we are scared sometimes. It is painful. That's why the Bible also says in Peter, uh, first I believe Peter, saying that be hospitable. And you have those strangers around you. Don't grumble. Don't be mad on them. Just open your heart, open your life. Start with prayer. In Colossians 4 chapter, verse 3, it says that. Colossians 4, 3. And pray for us, that's Paul was saying, pray for us to that God may open a door for our message. So sensitive heart, do you have that heart? Sensitive heart that God can use you. God can really reach other people through your life. Okay, let's go to the next step, next principle. You ready? They believe, those four guys who helped that paralyzed man, they believe that Jesus could help. They believe that. We can see this in verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw 
they faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. They faith. Can Jesus see today your faith? That you really believe that Jesus can help other people? This guy was paralyzed. He can't really walk himself. He can't move. Just, I want you to imagine someone laying on the sidewalk. Cannot move at all. He needs help. And these four guys were coming and saying, we, we, we would like to help you. Okay, let's go. We heard about Jesus, the healer. He can help you. So this is what they did. They, they took that guy and they went together and they were ready to help. But they also they have faith in Jesus that Jesus can really help. It wasn't for fun. Let's see what Jesus will do with that guy. <laughs> Let's see. No. They really believe that Jesus can do something and can help that man. I believe that today we have many people who are paralyzed. Spiritually paralyzed, not only physically. I work, and our church work with handicapped kids, handicapped people. I'm telling you, they are fine. And don't need sometimes our sorrow, and don't need for us to cry for them. They just need us to be with them. Do you know what is really handicapped? We are handicapped many times. We don't have time, we rush. Our life is like sometimes really handicapped. So I truly believe that those people who are paralyzed spiritually means guilt, they sometimes lonely, they're paralyzed because of the sin. The sin paralyzes their life. They don't know how to live. They don't have hope. So the question is, who is going to help them? Are you walking by, see those guys, men and women, and just going and do nothing? Or you will be the one who is saying, I'm here to help you. God helped my life. There was someone in my life to also help me. I truly believe that salvation starts from our hearts. The salvation of other people really starts from our hearts and our design, our desire. I love your language. Desire. It starts when we believe that Jesus can help. And starts here. Then God can do something in our lives and push us and move us to those people around us. They want to see Jesus. People want to see Jesus. How many of you remember a person who led you to Christ? How many of you remember a person who really stopped in their life and and just say, I will help you. I know the truth. I know Jesus. I was 17 years old. And someone in music school, when we were playing, did not laugh from the joke I was saying about Jesus. We had a conversation later on. And this person just, I kind of felt different from him. Because he was telling about God like he really would know him. Like was somebody very important to him. That make a huge difference in my life. Then I got to risk. 
to start reading the Gospel of John. And that was my beginning. And there were more people coming. And I've seen, hey, it's not only that one man. There are some other people who wanted to help me, to want me to bring to Christ. Do you remember people like that? Did you have that kind of people or you didn't? In the United States, there were some people. <laughs> yeah, I truly believe that. And we were paralyzed. We didn't know what to do. We, think, we thought that pet the life it, and we will, we, will, we will end it like that. But God was merciful for us. He sent people to help us. Are you ready? Because there will be some more people on your path who are waiting for you to help. And also there will be some people who would really love for you to believe that Jesus can help. Unfortunately, we can hear very often in your society and also my society as well, what kind of saying? I don't care. I don't care. Young people, adults, I don't care. I don't know how long I will be gone from your country. I'm flying tomorrow back. But I would like, maybe you would like have the agreement just to erase from your vocabulary that sentence. Okay? From your mind. I don't care. I know that the culture will push you very often. I know that your culture will tell you you need to sometimes say, I don't care. But I'd like for you that you will say, I care. I really care. Because when you care, it will make a difference. If you care, it will make a difference for people. What would happen if Father in Heaven would say, when you're going through that difficulties in your life, and you probably do many times, Father in Heaven will say, I don't care. Do on your own. You messed up. That's your fault. Can you imagine your Father in Heaven sitting and saying, I don't really care what happened to my child? And what the Bible says about it? Bible says that do just like your Father in Heaven do. Do His will. So maybe one of the really important things in your life will be to pray, God, make my heart more sensitive to you or to people around. I did that one time. And I find out that it is one of the prayer God to really answer. <laughs> if you really would like to pray in the God's will, that's the way. You can pray, God, please sensitive my heart so I can reach out people. I really would like to do it. And He will help you. You will cry when you will see the lost people. Are you ready to pray? Not just one time. Not maybe today. But just stay close to God. Have that very good relationship with Him. And pray very often. Just, God, don't, for, don't let me forgive about those people around me. Make my heart soft. Give me that sorrow. And then you, then you will know that Jesus can help. Then you will not have a problem to really trust Jesus and know that He can help.
Let's go with the third one. Third principles we can see also from those guys. They not only believed that Jesus would help, they got involved and brought him to Jesus. They got involved and brought him to Jesus. You know, the faith needs action. The Bible says always, many, many, many places, the faith needs action. Without works, your faith is useless. Without deeds, without works in, and action in Him, it's useless. So it's not enough to believe in mission. It's, you need to do mission. Your life needs to be a journey, adventure. And let God do the thing impossible for many people to possible in your life. Are you ready for that? Because in verse 18, we do that. We see that. Those guys tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. There was opportunity. And they did. It was Jesus who could help that guy. And they did. See Colossians chapter 4, 5 says that. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most. Are you used at every opportunity? In your work? In your school? Myself? Not often. I would like to do more. Because I can see that it's the one of the best, best investment in this planet Earth. When you use the opportunity to bring people closer to Jesus, bring people closer to Him, and there are change. Be wise, says the Bible. Are you wise? No, uh, you would say that my life is really a good testimony. I don't need to talk about it. I believe that we have so many secret engines Christian secret engines, undercover. They're waiting for the time to go to heaven. But here on earth, they're undercover. I think that we need to walk the talk. I think that God is seeking for those who are video and audio oriented. I heard us being a pastor, I can, I can really remember many different arguments. Okay? So very often when I ask people to go on mission or with me or just share the gospel, they're saying, no, pastor, my life is really a testimony. I don't really need to even talk to them. When, I really, when, I, they, when they see my life, they just bang down before God. You know, it's just like the marriage. Just imagine the fiancé who say to his future wife, I love you. I, can, I give myself to you. Can you marry me? But he also says, can we keep our marriage secret? We would never mention about that anybody. Can you imagine this kind of 
couple, it's impossible. We rejoice. We wanted to tell everybody. And we want to tell people that we're doing fine. We are married. So that's why I'm saying that people really need to know to whom your life belongs. You can't just keep secret. Okay. Let's see the fourth one. They did not allow obstacles to discourage them from helping. We can read in verse 19, when they could not find a way to this because of the crowd. Okay, the obstacles was crowd, many people. They went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When we would like to do something for Christ, we like to really serve God. Always. I would say, always. There will be some obstacles. Always will be some problems. Which will strengthen your faith. All these things are just for you to strengthen your faith in Christ. That you will focus on Jesus. You will turn your eyes on Jesus when the power comes. So there will be obstacles. Great. And right now, just imagine that that obstacle, that barrier, they had to climb on the roof. But then they find a way to be really close to Jesus. We really don't know if those four guys were friends of this paralyzed man. We're saying that very often. They were friends, and friends helped that person. There was even a song I heard about it. But really, can you find the Bible there are friends? No. They were saying some men helped that guy. You know what? I really believe that can happen. That some four guys, when seeing the paralyzed man on the sidewalk, or just somewhere, they decided to do something really good for that person. And I think that's what we need to be. Not only tell friends. I think that you're doing that. It's obvious. I don't need to tell you even about this. But I will encourage you to stay focused and have your heart sensitive for those who are not your friends. Okay? I will go further. Maybe to your enemies. Or maybe for those people you say, I don't care. They put him right in front of Jesus. You have that desire? You believe that Jesus can really help the people around you? What kind of sacrifice you are able to do it? They did. They sacrificed something. They were ready to, to just work, to, the, to do the action. Let's see the, our last passage. Peter, 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with, with them, with you. Mm-hmm. He's patient with you, not waiting anyone to perish, perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He's patient. 
He's waiting that we will do something. That we will really start believing that He is able. That we will move from the comfort zone to the maybe zone of unknowing things, unwondering things, but He is there. He wants us to walk on faith. The question is about you and me. If you are ready to open our hearts, are you ready to do it? Okay, let's, the, the sermon is going to the end. And I would like for you to... Um, do you remember these four principles? Okay. It was a little rough with my language, but hopefully you will understand some. The first one was what? Be con- beyond concern. The second, believe Jesus can help. Got involved, brought them to Jesus. And the fourth, do not be discouraged. Okay? Just go far. And I would like to give you a bonus. What about that? You fine with this? I know in church you, run, yeah, you, know, you don't sound very happy when you have bonus in the store and anywhere else. You like, you like it, but not in the church. Bonus means longer sermon. Okay, principle five. Okay? And that's all. Kind of cheating you. <laughs> principle five. Because five principles sounds very scary and long, so I make four and now we five. And I, I know that Americans like those principles, you know, principles for everything, you know, that's great. <laughs> the fifth one, you know, I noticed in that text that they were united. They were united. I've been in state, Texas, for about three and a half years, and I noticed that Texas is a really little different state. Okay? Wonderful people, but they're a little different. And even when I enter your country, and there was, I entered in Atlanta, by the way, coming here to Minneapolis. The person who checked my passport, pass, 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 passport, he asked me how long I've been already in States or where I've been, and I said, I've been in Texas. He said, okay, that's not United States, really. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> of course, he laughed, you know, just like you. I said, no, that's the United States. They're a little different. They're wonderful people. But, you know, I was just thinking, your country, it's like you name United States. They're united somehow. It's not the country name divorced states or separate states. Okay? They're united. Right now, I'm the citizen of not only Poland, but European Union. You can go from my country to German, to France, no problem. They will not even check your passport. The dream came true. My parents and my grandparents, they will live in communist time. They couldn't believe. They, they still cannot believe that it really happened. Two years ago, they opened the borders and we can go really everywhere in Europe. But, amen. Amen. That's the political freedom. Great. But I truly believe we need something more than only political freedom. Because the borders can be shut down anytime, just like in you, Canada, and the United States. Mm. Um, so you are not no longer united in Canada like it was before. 
But, okay, about unity. You, you really need to be united with other people to achieve the mission impossible. It's impossible to achieve the mission without being united. It's great to see your history of the states united, even Texas. <laughs> they were united, and you achieve wonderful things. And I hope you will succeed more to see that. But I believe truly, when we're talking about church body, we're talking about you guys, we need to be united. Having one goal in mind, together. Don't complain. Don't say, I don't care. But I would like to reach together. I just want you to, at the end, really end, hear the story based on the true fact. One day on the eight year, one day, an eight year old girl was coming from the school. She had to walk through the woods for about one mile. It was winter, a lot of snow, and suddenly a big snowstorm came. The girl got lost. Her parents were very worried when she was late for about two hours. They went looking for her, but couldn't find. Then they asked their friends, neighbors, to help them, but there was no result. Everybody was running in the woods and calling Elizabeth. Where are you? Elizabeth! The whole village really came to help. The night came and there was no Elizabeth. Finally, one person got an idea that all people was stood in the row and they were holding hands together. They went to the woods and found finally the girl. The girl was frozen to death. And some said, when they came back and see what happened, one of the persons said, If we only had looked for her, holding our hands, she would have been alive. How many people are frozen? How many people around your church, in your family, are paralyzed? They really need and are waiting for you, guys. Nobody else will go there and help them bring to Christ. Jesus will do his work and job. Don't afraid about that. But can you believe that he can really do it? Are you believing that Jesus can really heal people and help them and restore lives? Are you still believing that? They're waiting for you. They're waiting for your help for your time, for everything you have. This is the great privilege to serve the Lord and knowing that everything you're doing for Him is the best things you can ever do on this earth. May God help you reaching out your community 
and also reaching out people in my country. Thank you.